0: Welcome to the Technical Area, your weekly Football Manager podcast, brought to you by me,
1: your host, Geoffrey Graham. once again. Welcome to November, or should I really say, welcome to FM 21 month.
0: It's arrived, it's here. So let's not focus on the negatives that may be associated with November of this year. November normally isn't a month I particularly enjoy myself, but nonetheless, with the release of FM21 and the not too distant horizon, we could be baiting up this time next week. So let's focus on the positives here. Let's get that tunnel vision to get ourselves towards, hopefully, potentially, this time next week.
1: If not, certainly for the 24th, when the game fully releases. And I'm as excited now as anyone, because i finished off FM20.
0: It was a Sunday well spent, but as of now, my FM20 adventure has come to an end, following the conclusion of the 25-2026 season, where my save ended with Juventus. It's the furthest I've gotten in an FM save in a long time, possibly ever, if you consider the number of seasons. So I guess I can be thankful to twenty twenty looking back now in the future. I can be thankful that twenty twenty gave me the opportunity to have such an enjoyable adventure. The summary blog went up, bits of analysis, bits and pieces thrown in on the site this week, and it was an all I can say is it was an incredibly tight. It was a very, very tense run in Inter Milan in or possibly the Inter Milan team, that's are possibly the best team I've come up against domestically, in a league, in a long time, and I know PSG dominated France when I was managing Rennes, but with PSG, and when you have that, you know, the resources they do when you're at Rennes, you have the resources you do you know, it—it it, it is quite, there is quite a gulf there to begin with but when you're Juventus, and Inter Milan, and AC Milan, this Inter Milan team was unbelievable, so I'm We've made it to the journey's end and I'm glad that I don't have to go up another season against that Inter side because I don't think I don't think I'd have gotten the beating of them again. But with the conclusion of my FM20 adventure at the time the focus, everything now moves on to FM21 prep. I spent the last few days deepening my research into Atlanta United, into the MLS. The framework, the rules, the nature of the league to try and, you know, Help me build up a better knowledge of the league, the club, you know, where I'll be picking things up. Although, you know, this season has just officially ended for Atlanta United after I missed out on the playoffs for the end of the 2020 season. So, it be interesting to see, you know, what kind of situation I inherit there when I begin. Because, of course, we'll be beginning, you know, at the end of 2020 into 2021. So, we'll be starting already in the future. So, Let's see what the situation will be there. But of course, it's not just the save that we have to get prepared for. Like our teams, wherever we're finding the save, wherever it is we're going. Of course, it's the features that are starting to trickle out. And I know in about 24 minutes, as of the time of recording, that the first Twitch stream is going up, where we're going to get our first peak of FM21 under the hood. And, you know... I can, I'm sure the excitement is out there. I'm sure there's going be many people tuned into that. And time of this, and you've definitely, no, it's definitely happened. So you, you've probably seen bits and pieces and coverage on Twitter and wherever and the social. So I'm sure you'll have a better idea of what I do now at the time of recording. But over the past week, there's been a lot released, hasn't there? We've got an AI match engine improvements, the launch of FMFC over on the Football Manager site. Congratulations to those lucky buggers with their fantastic jerseys. And of course, you know, the little features dropped even on Twitter. We're seeing plenty of enticing new aspects that could take FM21 to a new level of challenge and a new level of gaming for us. FM players, diehards if you want to go that way, the ultras. The AI match engine improvements, wow. Some of the things being discussed, you know, on paper theoretically seem quite exciting. Player decision making, player movement, player positioning, intelligences, all being refined, being tweaked, being kind of remastered for this game to create a more realistic and independent set of players, capable of changing the game with their own kind of unique skill sets, their own unique qualities. And I suppose one thing we could see next year, and I'm wondering possibly, is could we see a rise in vanilla roles this year? So players playing just as a centre or just as a winger, just as a fullback, and we let those unique skills, those unique traits, really shine. Could we see those, you know, traits become even more important? And it means that you know tactics can reach a new height. Because of these tweaks. So obviously, we'll have to wait to see. Not too long, of course, of we'll a wait, but still. Vanilla rolls could be the way to go this year, potentially. The match engine, of course, there's tweaks made to increase the proficiency and awareness of the defensive lines, the attacking movements. It's like players knowing they're offside, players being able to find space and using space. So, obviously, for us, beginning, yeah, okay, right. There, It might be a bit of an adjustment period for all of us. Could be a little bit frustrating to begin with that you know things that have worked for us before in the match engines and twenty and FM 19 and eighty and whatever they, they don't work. But of course, taking time, being patient, using the beta to experiment. Of course, the beta is it isn't even the, the the full version of the game. It's not the refined version. It's going to be buggy, and like of course, not everyone's going to have the luxury of using the beta either. I suppose it could be key to adapting to this new phase of the match engineer in football manager. Just the last thing I kind of want to touch on then is the referees and VAR. So now VAR use will be subjective, it will depend on the official in charge. And the 100% accuracy is not guaranteed, it's not really there either. Which is obviously fantastic, you know, at least with FM. 20 or FM 19, even with VAR, you were you could be very frustrated with the decisions being made, but you knew that they were 100% right. And now, you know, now that you know, VAR decisions might be a little subjective in some ways. And unless I'm picking this up wrong, of course, but from what I from what I made of it, like VAR subjective and my well, supposed love of VAR has you know, the last couple of weeks has not been. Too, too fantastic, and I'm sure plenty of other team, you know, people feel the same. Not just with your own team, but about other decisions that are made in the league. It's you know inconsistencies with VAR, the seeing that creep into football manager. I suppose that's a little bit of frustration, but I suppose the added realism as well. But uh, enough, you know, talking and dreaming and wondering what FM21 could be like. Because as of right now, I don't know too much, like most people. Let's get into the meat and bones of this podcast, and it is a different name, the Unorthodox winger. so we're talking about the wide Players, We're dedicating your podcast to dynamics and building on what we spoke about last week. but this afternoon, I of course remember to get my little weird community poll out there, something that's really important to the pod, and it's really interesting to see you know how people approach the the wide player roles so quick poll ahead of episode 45 was what was your favorite role for a wide wide role in fm 19.3 percent of voters went for winger inside forward 45.6 percent inverted winger 26.3 percent and other who com- people who commented below the poll 8.8 percent so it's probably one of the most popular polls i've ever done on the uh, preparation for the podcast but Nearly 40, 40, over 45%, nearly half the people loving the inside forward. I have to say, I can understand, I can understand, that's where I began. But those other roles, what were the community saying for the other roles? Well, Ronaldo. That's Ronaldo. Love me an advanced playmaker on support from out wide. Nothing, I've never tried that before. I, I know it's available, but I've never considered an advanced playmaker, you know, to be on support, to be playing out in the wide position, so. I would wonder what wouldn't what does an advanced playmaker in a wider world give you that as well as the central one doesn't give in terms of their influence on the game. That so could be something worth experimenting and looking a bit more researching more in. FM Tregs, or FM underscore Tregs, I've been a diehard inside forward user for a while now. And I think that's a lot of the community camp in that way, looking to turn that, the w- combine get a winger as a goal scoring winger as well and we suppose we see seen like that we spoke about the, the narrowing of the front threes and teams the narrowing of the in the final third of players cutting inside that trend so seeing an inside forward combining a goal scorer with a winger i suppose it, it does a lot of good for teams fm underscore stag fm stag complete wing back We have a three at the back, man, here or five at the back, depending on what way you go. But complete wing back and scooter at underscore scooter S E O T capital R and Tom that's at Mr. Tom O X agreed. Complete wing back plus one for this. That's interesting. Complete wing back is the ideal player because obviously, when I was putting the poll together, I was just thinking of the winger. And I know this podcast is going to focus on the players further up the pitch. And I suppose f m Stagg, Scooter Tom, last week's podcast on the modern fullback. I suppose I could have given more time to the complete wing-back. Which I've never spent, I suppose, too much time with because of the lack of defensive coverage it gives. But Then again, I have some plans up my sleeve in FM21 that could see me.
1: Go towards the complete wing-back role. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, I
0: could be on your side come the in- this time next year in FM cycle times. But I suppose the unorthodox winger. why you dedicate a podcast not just to wingers and wide players, but unorthodox wingers and wide players? And I suppose it all started back when FM introduced the inside forward I'm not talking about the wingers who, when you drew the arrow, that would move inside. The, you know, you used to draw the arrow that they'd cut inside. That was their space to cover. That was their movement. But when FM introduced the inside forward, suddenly our wing play had a new dimension. With the additional developments of the inverted winger from the midfield and the attacking midfield strata, the defensive winger, advanced playmaker, wide target man, and even the trek east their roles to the wide areas, suddenly our options on the wings have been transformed by these new opportunities available to us. Football managers, Spartans were active. They've always driven the games towards reflecting realism, reflecting what's happening in real football. So the game has evolved to reflect these changes, and of course the match engine has been adapted, and has adapted as time has gone on, to these roles, which has, of course... Allowed us to create new dynamics on the wing,
1: develop a new shape and new ways for our sides to play. But with the evolution of the match engine as well, now for FM21,
0: players can seek and find space. Central midfielders can, you know, you could see a rise in the number of through balls. We could spark new moments of magic in the game.
1: Finding a way to evolve any wing play could be a central pillar. Of the successes you have in game, which I suppose would be reflecting realism, because Bayern Munich did that last season, and not only, you know, did it just inspire them
0: to domestic success, but also to European successes. Especially when early on in the season, many would say it was unlikely for them to do so, and especially considering that Bayern Munich have now moved away from the Robin and Reber era, where the winger role was so vital to their side. So we've seen the personnel evolve that role as well. But what
1: is an unorthodox winger? What is this role I'm talking about this position in this podcast? The unorthodox winger is exactly as it says. It's a player who plays in the
0: wide role, but does not perform the traditional expected duties of the winger, of the wide player. Now, as football has evolved through the ages, we've seen wide players act as forwards, as line huggers, or more conservative players. Thinking back to football in the 70s and 80s in England, when teams would set up in a 4-4-2, even in the 90s as well, at times we often saw one wide player tuck in a little narrower to the central midfielders, while the other stretched out to play right to the byline. I think David Beckham at Man United on the right tucking in. Kind of playing a little bit narrower than a traditional winger at times. And then Giggs, the way Giggs played as the traditional winger. See the wide midfielder and the winger. Beckham could I suppose could you could have even said was a playmaker, a wide playmaker. So what often resulted here was not a 4-4-2 shape. But you know. This 4-4-2 would often resemble an asymmetric 4-3-1-2 or even an asymmetric 4-3-2-1 if one of the two strikers dropped off the, the traditional number nine to play in the hole to feed off the second ball. So the rise of the unorthodox winger, it's not a new invention, it's not a new
1: evolution in football, but it's merely an evolution of responsibilities. And so, creating an unorthodox winger, and a dynamic with this unorthodox
0: winger in FM, you have to look for inspiration. And my inspiration, like that, I know I've mentioned Beckham and Giggs, but my inspiration for this podcast came from that 2020 Bayern Munich side, the Champions League winner. Because while many may look back at that strange Champions League final of 2020, without too many memories, PSG's superstars
1: were undone by a homegrown talent lining out against them and who'd done the damage from the wing.
0: Last week we spoke about the modern fullback, a composite player who can combine the skills of a winger or a central midfield player and in turn dictate the game through an evolved style of play that traditional fullbacks did not offer.
1: And it's the intricacies of wing play that have captured my attention in FM. Starting back in FM 16, when I picked the game up near the end of the life cycle, I bought it, but had a lot going on
0: at the time. Finished FM sixteen off. I only started kind of playing the game
1: in kind of late June. And my Bournemouth side. Then in FM seventeen, I took that same tactic and brought it
0: to Schalke, when I did Luan and Mbolo, and all the way up now to FM20, where Bayern and Juventus sites, even my Rennes sites, they were all built on a collection of quality wide players. And I had, I've never, ever, since I started content creating those saves, I've never not focused on wide players. And that's why I'm looking to push on in FM21, I suppose, in a possible different way. But then again, this podcast could sway me right back. Because the collection of wild players I've always had, they've been the game changers for me. Now, as I have begun to obviously divulge information about the revolved match engine brought to us in FM21, and what's below is direct quotes from Football Manager site. I'll put the link down below. It's the match engine AI in FM21. In FM21, decision-making is more nuanced than ever before. This is all due to the fact that players in the engine will now be able to change their original decision mid-slice. So that kind of you know bet- bet- in between these kind of brief moments that that you know make up the algorithm of the match engine. As the situation around them develops. This allows your players to be more reactive and make faster decisions, which leads to a more realistic match experience more fluidity and a greater variety of actions performed across the 90 minutes as a result. Going on. They continue to say, we've worked on improving the movement and variety of play in the final third to give attackers more tools to try and get the better of their defensive counterparts. Focusing play down either or both flanks or through the middle when will now feature more obvious attacking movement and seems to look to overload certain areas of the pitch in order to exploit space in the corresponding opposite areas. So in general, FM21 sees much more movement in the final third as attackers look to create space or exploit gaps in the defensive line.
1: So when you combine the potential of a wide player with a modern fullback behind them,
0: and what we've just said there about the players in in the final third and the attacking movements, the passes, suddenly these wide players could be very, very influential, especially when they're saying now as well, that depending on the individual player, they could look to pass more rather than shoot from tight angles. I know something that was frustrated a lot of people in FM20. Players shooting from ridiculously tight angles. But the fact that now these players could pass more. So if you've got a player driving in and just squares it back and scores the typical FIFA sweaty goal. That little tap in the striker has from two yards. Because everybody's been taking out play by the run of this inside forward. This inverted winger. Whichever role it is you've chosen. Suddenly, FM21 has new possibilities for us in creating this dynamic. We will have players more aware of what surrounds them. And if we want to dominate the wings through our custom tactics or preset wing play philosophy, for example, we will now have a set of players capable of making the most of the situation they
1: find themselves in and the instructions you provide them with. Now that Bayern Munich dynamic last year was fantastic. The fact I ended
0: up managing during the life cycle of FM20, it was irrelevant because the wide players I inherited only Serge Gnabry, and if you, you know, of of the current side is there. So for me, I had to kind of rebuild the flanks, rebuild the wings, and I invested heavily over the two summers. But the Bayern team that's there now, their unorthodox wing play won the Champions League, and Michael Cox's article on. This on the athletic again linked below that's going to inspire the next piece that's where you know just the analysis here is fantastic, and how we could link it up with what we spoke about last week, the modern fullback so in Lisbon in July, Kingsley Coleman drifted in f- to the back post behind p s g s right back tilo Kerr who was caught between marking coman and Lewandowski. And not at home, Joshua Kimmich's cross scored the game's only goal. While a significant goal in many ways, what Coleman's goal did was highlight the intricacies of an unorthodox, dynamic Bayern found success with down both flanks and across the balance of their team. Now, because Thiago started in the number six role, Joshua Kimmich started the game at right back with the ever-effective Serge Gnabry lined up in front of him as the right-sided attacker. On the left, the emergence of Alfonso Davies, last season saw the speedy Canadian winger come fullback, back behind PSG youth product Kingsley Coman. Not even Perisic, as many thought in this final. Now, the dynamic of these five players, more so the four lined up on the flanks, would prove to be the key determinant of the outcome of that final. So, although PSG squandered chances, it was the general play of Barnett Wide which really dictated the end result of that game. Now, as we spoke about last week, the emergence of Kimmich as an outstanding number six this season should come as no surprise following the departure of Thiago. Converted to right back by Pep Guardiola, Kimmich took the qualities of a six and adapted them to his craft as a right back. So, with his natural inclination to drift inside, Further encouraged by caretaker, now manager Hansi Flick, in this and in this final, it was this inside movement which led to the only goal of the game. So when Bayern had Kimmich lining up at right back, it was his penetrative, underlapping runs that gave Juan Bernat a headache. Kimmich could effectively contribute to passing triangles
1: between the left back, sorry, but. Oh, between, Kimmich could effectively be to the passing triangles
0: between the backline and midfield while making runs into the challenge between the left back and the left side of the central defender of PSG or whichever the opponent was
1: and what he'd do was then he'd pull one or both of these players towards him and would leave then Serge Gnabry the dynamic attacky there who can cut inside or go
0: outside and then give Gnabry then the opportunity to either stretch the play, but go to the touchline. Creating space for himself and Kimmich then to operate in the final third. And then give him the opportunity then to change the player by acting as a traditional winger, acting as an inside forward, or even just playing as that playmaker, just making that simple pass. So on the opposite side with Davies, signing up at left back, what Byron have is another example of the modern fullback, where a speedy winger is given the opportunity to start his attacking runs from deeper, build up speed and momentum that troubles opposition defenders, who must either have a change of pace or begin from an almost standing start to try and compete with him while in full flight. So as Davies prefers to make his runs along the touchline, the left-sided attacker in the final, it was was Coleman, they could naturally drift inside to play the game on their stronger foot. And again, present the opposition defence with the issue of sorting out their shape, cutting off the passing lanes more effectively to deal with the inside and overlapping runs. And because then on one side you've got an you've got the inverted run of the winger and the overlapping run of the of the fullback, and on the opposite side it was the inverted run of the winger. And either the inverted run or the straight run of the winger. The divert diverted of the full-back and then the winger's movements inside or out. Teams could find themselves very unbalanced. And Bayern could continue to pull you apart in this way with this dynamic of just these four players. But because in the Champions League last season, what we saw was Bayern effectively building on the natural inclinations of players as part of their approaches. Building a play on the right. The left winger coming inside to occupy the right back, and then the switch to a wide open Davies overlapping on the left. We now had the time and space to play an inside ball to the left winger, who would cut inside, making it that kind of inverted run, or swing a ball into the central area,
1: like to a forward as complete as Robert Lewandowski or even the number ten Thomas Muller. So
0: to give. Davies, the space he needs to operate. What Byron would do was they'd focus on tight build up play on the right. Central players like Muller would drift out to help the build up and, and create these dynamic passing triangles and diamonds. Dynamic, the word of the podcast, I think. But Muller was the key provider of several crosses, as Kimmich then would move into a narrower, almost central midfield position. So all of a sudden, then it wasn't like the fullback wasn't making the crosses. Instead, making this kind of inside run and, you know, people might see a more accomplished cross for the ball like Thomas Muller being able to put the ball into the box.
1: So when Coleman found himself in a crossing position in the final, what really happened there was
0: it was often an ineffective play because what PSG would do is they doubled up on him. So, while alternating to come inside onto a stronger right foot to get the ball into the box, PSG were ready to kind of double up on him. But then what this led to do was Coleman's decision-making kicking in here. His inclination to drive inside from the left and look outside for the overlapping run of Alfonso Davies. Or else make diagonal runs
1: at the spaces either side of the PSG right back. To attack balls from the opposite flank. So what added that dynamic twist to this build up then.
0: Was the movement of Kimmich. And the passing of Thiago as the six. So with Thiago sitting deep in midfield. Kimmich could make an incisive narrow run. Thiago's
1: quality of playing a through ball. Would then have Kimmich still in possession. Drawing players towards
0: him giving Gnabry space on the outside to make something happen. And in the instance where the goal was scored, Gnabry found Muller as Muller shifted to the right-hand side. Muller played a delicate pass back to the inverted Kimmich, whose shallow cross to the back post, where had created a 2v1 because of Muller's movement, Gnabry's presence, and Kimmich's run, there's a 2v1 on the back post with Lewandowski on the inside of Thilo O'Kara. Coleman on the outside.
1: Coleman outside run behind Kerr meant that it was an unchallenged header at the back post and the only goal of the game. The game that decided the Champions League final.
0: This pattern of play created that goal. Gnabry coming inside on in his left foot creating a threatening in-swinging cross later on in the game Narrowing Kimmich, creating similar opportunities to the goal, thanks to the movement of Lewandowski, Muller and Gnabry in front of him, it freed up Coleman at the back post for the goal, but it was a type and uh, pattern of play that we saw consistently throughout that final. Of course, only once it resulted in a goal, but still, we can see how in FM21 this can happen. Having players drift and move and find space with decision-making. Adding to their
1: instructions. And even relying on their player traits. Relying on the player instructions of the roles. To pull teams apart. Setting different passing instructions perhaps for like your Thiagos to be a bit more direct at the ball.
0: Maybe for Kimmich to run with the ball more often and then to run inside of the ball. In FM21,
1: creating this dynamic Bayern won the Champions League could be a very, very simple approach for us to adapt
0: to and find a way to make it happen, potentially at all levels of the game. So to make this jump and make this step with these unorthodox wingers, with this wing dynamic in FM21, the renewed match engine could be the key here. But player, because the match engine obviously encourages encouraging players to find spaces in the final third, and better decision making could allow us to really fine tune, tweak away to replicate and master this Byron dynamic. Now, as we spoke about last week, with the fullbacks coming into hybrid dynamic, fullbacks becoming a hybrid dynamic, you know, midfielder, defender, playmaker, winger position. I only go with an inverted fullback and a converted but not failed winger, a fullback, is not as exotic as it may have been fifteen to five, even ten years ago. Because it's the way the game has evolved. Not, that these players seem to be dropping deeper, like that to build up that bit of speed as we spoke about last week, so that they're on the attack defenders are actually moving quicker. And in the sixth role, a capable passer. Could be the key to unlocking it all, of course. And having a capable, talented pass of the ball is obviously ideal. So attributes like decision-making, technique, passing, vision. All ideal for the player. And if you want to add a bit more of a physical presence, looking towards the likes of tackling and so on and so forth. But With the inverted forward, inverted winger. They are players capable of changing a game. While Gnabry could cut inside from the right with Kimmich on the inside run, Gnabry could overlap and play as a normal winger as well. So, creating an unpredictability here, it's a capable way of setting up an attack. A winger could be set with a player trait to cut inside from their, you know, whatever wing it is they're natural on, or they could be set with the player trait to cut inside from both wings. But when set to a winger role, of course, there will be conflict in the player instructions. However, with the improved decision making, especially in FM21, is there a possibility that the player will make the right decision based on the situation and the shape? I tried this with Gabigol at Byron, a player who cuts inside from the right. Well, and when played on the right, I set him to a winger. to so cut inside from both wings. I set him to a winger on the left. A road he was natural in. But the PIs obviously had a confliction. I got that little warning triangle. But when it came to. A, get a match situation. It wasn't uncommon for him to get to the touchline. Or go on the outside of the fullback. And get the ball into the box. So it is possible. It is capable and was capable. Of being achieved in FM20 even. And then. With such a compact yet explosive shape. Such as what Bayern could have. Having your team attack with width. So setting the, the, the attacking width to wide. That will open up channels for your inverted fullback to exploit. And then the inverted wingers. Round lighters, Inverted forwards. Whatever it is that you choose to use. The trans playmakers. They could also exploit that as well. While whatever player is also getting the overlap. Having this this bit of width as well means they are naturally f- wider out on the pitch because of the team instruction, not because of the player instruction. When you drop to being out of possession, creating a compact shape between the line of engagement and defensive units could be the key to you turning defence to attack very quickly and very effectively. Obviously with Bayern, there is a pressing element to how the team play. But one word of caution would be to steer away initially from instructions such as play down the wings or changing the defensive width in order to begin the process of setting the right shape for yourself. So keep things as simple as possible. In the friendlies, try and watch the matches, you know, on full, say for 45 minutes or full on one of the the early friendlies. See how the shape plays out. Across the match, look for patterns, look for moments, and see do they replicate, and then you know keep no keep a log, and then make your decision, make your adjustments. Then going into the next friendly, so maybe it is like that. Play down the wings. Maybe it is changing defensive width, making these subtle tweaks after you've seen, you know. Minimal changes. That that's where you you begin to grow the shape. Thomas Muller as well was an interesting part of what Byron achieved last year, as he moved into the number ten position behind, um, Robert Lewandowski. So changing a natural Ram Deuter to a number ten was a clever move, and Muller because he was then given the freedom. To find the spaces to play in behind the striker while drifting out wide as, with his natural inclinations to support the interchanges between the likes of Ganabry and Kimmich, especially. Allowing your 10 to roam from the position, so move into channels, and have a more static striker in front, of something like Lewandowski can be, that can offer your side the opportunity to create interesting patterns of play, especially. If this player is also accomplished on the wing the way Muller is. Because by having the static striker, your team has the focal point if a cross gets whipped into the box. And with Muller feeding off, you've got an extra player to create a passing triangle with the fullback and the winger. And then, of course, on the f- opposite side, you're given that inverting player, the wide player. The space to move into that's been vacated by Muller, in particular. But of course, like as we saw with the Coleman goal at the final, Coleman was able to spot that Kerr was coming across to cover Lewandowski, leaving him free on the blind side. Flipping the system is also a possibility. So while Bayern were compact on the right and stretched out the left in terms of their general build-up play, it's a philosophy that can obviously be switched where the left is the compact side and the right is stretched out and this can obviously be very subtly tweaked to depend to the players that you obviously have available to you at your club in the team or as you develop your side going forward so being mindful of the preferred foot of some of these players in these positions that could help you decide as well as the natural or accomplished positions and roles they're capable of playing so for Kimmich, Muller and Coleman. Right, predominantly right foot players, Alphonso Davies, Gnabry, you know, well, Gnabry's obviously proficient in both feet but Davies especially on the left-foot. So what Muller mean, the right-footed, that obviously meant that with an inverting image behind him, you've got the player kind of moving more to his natural side of the pitch, where we saw him be very, very effective for many years from that wide right area. Now, again, I know I'm, it's not me saying go listen to the podcast. But again, reflect on last week's pod if you want to delve deeper into the modern fullback. Kimmich and Davies do get honourable mentions, as to their predecessors, Lamb and Alaba. Oh, Byron. And the reason to, to listen is just if you want to listen to a bit more of a fullback in-depth discussion there. But nonetheless, while Bayern may set the standard in Europe, this pattern of play is a very simple dynamic. It's the foundation
1: of this success. It can be seen across many teams across in Europe as well. And it can even be adapted to suit teams at every level of the pyramid.
0: But as football has evolved, the unorthodox winger, It's, as we said, it's not exactly unorthodox anymore. It's almost become unusual now, unorthodox, for a winger to get their head down, stay out white, make sure their boots are white coming off the pitch, because they've been driving to the byline every time and whipping in a cross. We now, in FM, have the opportunities to create some interesting dynamics between wide players and the fullbacks behind them. All that needs to happen is experimentation, research, and
1: hopefully the right kind of player to bring our visions to life in FM21 and beyond. But just before you head off to reinvent your wingers, if you've enjoyed this
0: podcast or any other episodes, why not leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on? Or maybe share. Retweet, like, comment on with with this on the social aspect of things with your followers to you know help the podcast grow into a new iteration, a new era of Football Manager. The links to the site and Twitter found down below in the podcast notes. The weird community interactions are a vital part of the podcast, so thank you to everyone who got involved this week. Thank you to everyone who added an extra comment and. But even just pressing the button on the poll, sending, adding your extra comments. Some people have often sent me in questions, asking me to answer them. And I can even become a full podcast because the question has taken me that much. Whatever. Going into FM21, I really want to keep building on you know, the great interaction I've had doing this with you. But ahead of 20 FM21's release, just a reminder, Tuesday, 24th November, release day there will be a live podcast kind of reflecting on FM21, on the, the full fat version, the one that's you know, been primed and ready hopefully without the, the, the you know, moments that were on last year's release day time is still TBD It'll be 11 or 4 in the afternoon I'm kind of leaning towards 4 potentially but if you want the 11 o'clock one, let me know, the audio will be recorded and it will be released as well, so not not to worry if you're not able to tune in music for this podcast i got it on pond five pond five do stock images they do music like this they do stock video footage so if you're looking to put together a twitch stream a youtube channel even you need images for your blogs go check out pond five highly
1: recommend highly quality stuff not an ad just credit where credit's due but nonetheless As the sunset
0: begins on FM20's time now, the light begins to fade, the new sunrise of FM21 is starting to brighten up, east of me anyway, in SI Towers.
1: Thank you for listening. Enjoy the next few days as we wait in anticipation for FM21.
0: Pop out the calendar, put the X's on the wall, mark for the numbers, whatever it is you do to count down to the day of arrival. When it does, I'll be back here next week, ready to talk to you all about
1: some new topic I have yet to decide. Or maybe a community member will. Who knows? Stay safe. Keep well. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye now.